0: The title or topic is called Communion, Devotion, it's Categories, and with a subtitle of a focus on the law and gospel distinction. Categories would be an overall, and then what we're going to do is focus on the law and gospel distinction. Has anybody heard of law gospel distinction before? Okay, yeah, great. Let's pray to God for a blessing on our time. I'd like to pray for myself that the Lord would bless. Lord, I ask you to enable me now to utilize the information you've brought to my heart and uh, the material intended for the saints at this time and place. And we know without your blessing, everything that we do is vain. And worth nothing. But when you bless, Lord, we receive the blessing, but Christ is lifted up, and we ask that that would happen, that Christ would be glorified and the saints edified in your name. Amen. Now, if you've been around the church long enough and are sitting under the preaching ministry of Pastor Steve and Pastor Ken, you've actually heard these terms uh before um, the information that I give forth and the applications should sound familiar to you uh if we don't know all the ins and outs of it, the technical terms that's okay but um we know that e- learning new things by studying God's Word. And reading books and hearing sermons and fellowshipping with the saints, we grow in the grace and mercy of the Lord. And as Pastor Steve has said many times, we could never mind the depths of God's word, could we? We should we should try, that's our endeavor. We do we do want to study as good Christian students of the Bible, but Isn't it a joy? We'll have eternity to do that, to mine the depths of it. To help us with, just because it's recorded on video too, just to assist a little bit, I'm not going to use the whiteboard, but I do have a little bit of visual aids to uh, make some salient points. And I don't know, I asked Debbie to stand and see if everybody could see this. And the reason why this is up is because we're going to ask to start off asking some questions like, what is a category? What is the gospel distinct, gospel, um, law a gospel dis, uh, distinction? Why should we do it, uh, uh, be concerned about it? Uh, there's a lot of things that are good, but they're not expedient. So... Let's start off with that. We'll get right to it. Uh, 2 Timothy 2.15 is a springboard text. Springboard, it's not... not, I'm not going to exegete, try to give the full meaning of 2 Timothy 2.15, but it's our, our springboard text that leads us into this study. And it reads, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, like I say, without going too deep into that part of the whole meaning, the passage, um, I do want to say in the King James Version, it says rightly uh, handling, uh, uh, rightly, rightly dividing. But I want to stress that if you look at other like parallel Bibles, and uh, try to see what the other translators meant by that. Let's assume just for the lesson that it's rightly handling. Another way we might say is accurately handling. We want to take the word of God. It's important. It's sacred. And we want to be able to accurately represent it. So what is the law and gospel distinction? Uh, some people would call it a Paradigm. We've heard that word, not very often, but <laughs> I have it. But a paradigm. What it means is a. It's. It's basically like a the five dollar or five dollar word for uh, something that means an approach to it, a view. When we come to scripture, any Bible passage, we're supposed to be asking our question like this here. When whatever passage it is. We should be asking ourselves, is this a law passage or is it a gospel passage? It really is distinguished that much. Now, let's do some definitions. This is three Ps. Now, you've heard of uh, two peas in a pod. This lesson has three Ps that we need to look at. And when we talk about law gospel distinction, uh, let's define define some things. The law is good, but the law requires, doesn't it? Uh, think of it like this: the law says do. The gospel says done. That's a big difference, isn't it? And what does the law require? Three P's. We'd have to keep it personally. We'd have to pe- uh, keep it perfectly. And we'd have to keep it perpetually. Three P's. And that's a, a, just a formula. And it may stick in your head, which is really a good thing. The law must be done personally. You, we can't get righteousness out of the law at all. But we couldn't say... Because Moses kept the law, I've met its requirements. Couldn't do that. It's got to be perfectly. Remember the scripture that says, if you don't do all the law but offend in one, you've broken the law. So it's got to be perfectly. And it's perpetually. And the wonderful thing is that Christ is alive as we go to the table. We recognize that Christ is alive and the work that he did is perpetually uh, being advocated for us on our behalf in heaven where he's seated. That's very encouraging to the Christian. Now, there's two things that we've got to keep in mind. We talk about we're walking the straight path and there's ditches on either side, right? So the first one that we could do is to separate things that aren't, don't, we try to separate them when they should be linked together. That's one error. The second error is confusing or blending, mixing into one or the other. That's just so, also just as wrong. Now, what I did, I've got this guy, We all know what this means, don't we? No smoking. uh, Don't go down that trail. There's a cliff at the end of it. I don't know But So, we don't... With the gospel, if if the the law and gospel is is so important, as I'm trying to stress here, we don't want to go down any areas that, that would be bad. The reason why, as we come to the communion table... The law is good. It says that the law is good if it's used lawfully. Now, um, if we use it unlawfully and we try to mix the law into the gospel, what we end up doing is stealing from Christ. It's very serious. So, there's uh, lots of examples we could use of distinguishing and character. Categorizing, but if we went all on the, uh, there's like 20 of them that I came up with, but uh, I don't want to use up our time, I want to focus on the law gospel distinction. But just by way of mention, you know, in a chat room, we've all got specialized chat rooms that go into, it might be a sports one, and, uh, but you text each other too, don't you, nowadays. So, um, LOL, What does that mean? Laugh out loud. loud. Uh, What do you think this one means? Theologically, biblically. And you've heard it recently in preaching. Already, not yet. Already, not yet. That's a category. That's a distinction that we have to actually keep in our minds. So what about type, antitype? okay Uh, shadow substance in Hebrews 9.24 we're told that Christ is the 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 earthly temple is a figure of the true which is heaven itself yeah already not yet Romans 8.30 and we're familiar with that the uh, golden chain it talks about us being glorified even before we're glorified. And Ephesians 2.6, James mentioned that last time. We're seated with Christ in the heavenlies. It talks about uh, us being in the heavenly realms as if they were completed facts. So let's go, when we come up with something that we're not as familiar with, did we make that up? Did some uh, guy in an ivory tower, you know, academic, the seminaries, we can't really trust them, and they come up with these ideas, but it's not really in the Bible. Well, we don't trust the things that the theologians tell us, but we do, like the Bereans, always check the scriptures to see if the things are so. And uh, we can, though, go back to church history And see what the saints before us believed. There's a whole compendium of doctrine uh, summarized in our confessions, creeds, and that. And so we should not look at our church or our times as being so unique that now we're the only ones that really studied our Bible and know what, what the truth is. So... Uh, A famous Puritan, Thomas Manton, uh, looked into this and his works. And he said, there's three things that Christians are prone to seek. I thought this was great. Christians are prone to seek three things incorrectly. First, they seek in themselves what they can only find in Christ. Let's not do that. They seek in the law what can only be found in the gospel. Let's not do that. They seek on earth what will only be enjoyed fully in heaven. Amen? Yeah. So, that's, we don't want to go down those roads. We need to not separate not confused. You know what um, happens if you take the law and mix it with gospel? You get the gospel. <laughs> Not good. Don't don't try to witness some to somebody and say, "Have you ever heard the gospel?" <laughs> sometimes it's law. Sometimes it's gospel. No. Uh, what about some common misconceptions that people have had? I've had them. True or false? The law is only found in the Old Testament and only focuses on the law, while the gospel is only found and focused by in the New Testament. False, huh? Yeah, that's false. Or like we said, the law is bad and the gospel is good. No? All right. Galatians 3.8. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee all the nations shall be blessed. So we're explicitly told that the gospel was preached to Abraham. So how can we uh, avoid falling to either side? There was a guy you've heard of, Houdini the Magician. John likes magic like I do. Uh, This guy named Francois Turretini, the Italian reformer. Just reminds me of Houdini because the Eni. Well, who was Turretin? He was considered by many as the most precise of all the theologians of his time. We're talking about 1623 to 1687 for his lifetime. And he was based out of Geneva, Switzerland. But in his writing, especially in his polemic writing, he always had this phrase, we distinguish, we distinguish, we distinguish. Now, it's important that this distinction was emphasized by other people. What about Charles Spurgeon? We love Spurgeon here. Listen to what Spurgeon said. There is no point upon which men make greater mistakes than upon the relation which exists between the law and the gospel. Some men put the law instead of the gospel. Others put the gospel instead of the law. Some modify the law and gospel and preach neither law or gospel. And others entirely abrogate the law by bringing in the gospel. Many there are who think that the law is the gospel, who teach that men by good works, benevolence, honesty, righteousness, sobriety may be saved. Such men do err. In the other hand, many teach that the gospel is the law, that it has certain commands in it by obedience to which men meritoriously may be saved. Such men err from the truth and understand it not. A certain class maintain that the law and the gospel are mixed, and that partly by observing of the law and partly by observing grace, men are saved. Spurgeon had a way of putting things. But even earlier, earlier than Spurgeon, you've heard of William Tyndale, right? The law and gospel are two keys. The law is the key that shuts up all men under condemnation, and the gospel is the key which opens the door and lets them out. Ooh. Well, then we have Theodore Basin. He was a, a Reformation man. Ignorance of the distinction between the law and the gospel is one of the principal sources of all the abuses which corrupt and still corrupt Christianity. Well, we have early guy, 16th, or it would be 17th century in the 1600s. What about our homeboy? Particular Baptist, Benjamin Keach, he fully, <laughs> helpfully explains this. The difference between, now he said betwixt back in those days, the difference between the law and the gospel is one that requires doing for the law, do this and live, but the other, not doing, but believing for life and salvation. Now, this one's going to get you. When a man is thus taught and instructed by the law, then he is terrified and humbled. Then he sees indeed the greatness of his sin and cannot find in himself one spark of the love of God. Therefore, he justifies God in his word and confesses that he is guilty of death and eternal damnation. That would be the law. Now, the first... Part, then, of Christianity is the preaching of repentance. A lot of people don't like that. The first part, then, of Christianity is the preaching of repentance and the knowledge of ourselves. The second is, if thou shalt be saved, thou mayest not seek salvation by works. For God hath sent his only Son, begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. And who do you think that might be? We kind of base the Reformation around him. That's Martin Luther commenting on Galatians 2.16, which which says, because I don't have that memorized, Galatians 2.16, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. I hope you can see there's distinction. You have to make that distinction to uh, to interpret Scripture right, to be edified in the Scripture right. What about some applications? We're running out of time. I'm going to appreciate you participating in this. Uh, let's give an example. Luke 10.28. It's Luke is a gospel, New Testament. But there's the account there of Jesus telling a man, and he's only identified as uh, a certain lawyer. Now, there's another one where it was the rich young ruler. Uh, but this is a certain lawyer. And in Luke 10.25, he stood up, and tempted him he wasn't really trying to learn but he was tempting Christ saying master what shall i do what shall i do to inherit eternal life and jesus answered with the law jesus taught the law you have answered correctly do this and you will live So, we see Christ using the law. What about the gospel in Matthew 11:28, When Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We said the gospel is peace, rest, believing, not doing. And the law is do this and you shall live. Um, we said that already, not yet. Is a category we're familiar with. We should remember the three Ps. If we ever needed to try to keep the law, we'd have to do it personally, perpetually, and perfectly. So I've got one here that's Micah 6.8. This might be a little bit trickier for us. Micah 6, 8 says, He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. So, any volunteers to, what do you think that might be, law or gospel? It's kind of hard because we see the words good and the law is good. But whenever we see the word require. That's an obligation. That's something you have to do. And and again, but to do justly and to love mercy, we are supposed to love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind and our neighbor as ourselves. But that's a requirement. That's a standard of the law. It's not the gospel. So to wrap up, we have scripture itself that admonishes the readers and ministers to preach and teach the word to accurately handle the truth contained therein. We've read the witnesses of the saints gone before us from not just one uh, tradition which is always a good thing does our tradition even though we believe that we're correct the vital truths of scripture are found in the um, Catholic uh, lower sea Catholic universal church from all time the gospel didn't just start at Pentecost as we heard about Abraham and The law wasn't abrogated after Jesus came. He said, I came to fulfill the law, not to get rid of the law. So as we approach the table, this is very important. Only one person has ever kept the law perfectly. And that is our Lord Jesus Christ. So, He's our advocate, and he applies the rich benefits of his cross work, passive and active. He, he actively kept the law for us, and all his sufferings, his, his passive suffering, is all done on the behalf of his children. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ our wonderful Lord and Savior. We come to the table now. These things are in your word. We want to see them. We want to rightly make the accurate interpretations. We love your word. And if something is new to us, or not as familiar, that's okay. We are all in a process of learning and sanctification and growing in the knowledge and the grace and mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Knowledge can sometimes puff up, but it's not because knowledge is bad. It's because we use it bad. It's not because the law is bad. We know how to use it. Lord, I pray that this lesson was glorifying to the Lord Jesus Christ, but also edifying to the saints. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.